the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and Jay Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we appreciate that. We'll um, be very intentional about opening the phone lines today. Um, <laughs> frankly, I'm just missing our listeners. That's it. I okay. mean, you know, just yeah. I, I just want to want to talk to them, and uh, and and I feel like it's been a while. So anyway, uh, but I do also have something that I've been thinking about. It's been swirling around yeah. in my head for a while. You know, we we're talking about a lot of headlines here and and looking at what's going on. And and I was commenting maybe the last time we talked about, um, I guess, the question of what is being called police brutality and um, what, if any, if there is an ethnic component to that, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and one of the things that I was just really lamenting, and, you know, sometimes I say that I get kind of really amped up and sometimes being amped can cloud the sincerity of what you're, what you're expressing. And I don't mean for it to do that, but um, I am genuine in what I'm expressing. I, I get, I get upset because I feel like we are in a time where um, people don't even notice, like they're, they don't even notice that they're being told what to think or how to feel, you know, and people are being manipulated and don't realize it. Don't, don't recognize it. There was a time when, and, and not that, the manipulation is new or that the thought control is new because the, the the controlling of thought has always been there, but you had people who I think were more resistant. They were more like, ah, you know, like not just (laughs) going along. And, And I think whenever you have something where people are like, well, everyone is talking about this and everyone is doing this. I think we have to take a step back and say, okay, does that mean that that, does that mean that the thing is the thing just because everybody is talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Does that mean, is that a confirmation for us that the thing that is being discussed is actually the thing or is there something more? And, and I think the, the, the help or the aid to the believer is the Holy Spirit of God who indwells us, the word of God that we're reading daily, right? So that we are not just sort of victims of the culture that they tell you to feel this way. So you feel that way. They tell you to think this way. So you think that way. Um, they tell you to respond this way to one another. So you respond that way to one another and, and, and nobody's stopping and filtering. And so anyway, all of that to say, one of the things that I was thinking about, especially, um, in light of one of the most recent, um, occurrences where you have a law enforcement officer who is actually, um, saving the life of a clear and present victim. Right. Like there, I mean, you know, I just, anyways. And, and so we've lost our ability to, you know, value life unless it's attached to a potential March. Right. Like we, yeah. we've lost our ability to value life yeah. 
unless it's attached to a kind of preset narrative. And, and so in other words, we have to first be told that we can care and then we care. Yeah. <laughs> and we only talk about the things that we've been told we can talk about. And I just don't understand how you have in a, in a society so many strong and bold people who do not think. Right. Who do yeah. not stop for one second and say, oh, hold up. You know, the thing may be the thing that you're discussing, but there's also this component. And I want to talk about that. There's also there's also this that grieves me like we we can't we cannot um, allow ourselves to kind of feel any kind of weight that would come from the Lord, like that the Holy Spirit would allow us to feel like, oh, man, this is a sobering moment. Like, think about this. We can't we don't have time for that because there's always somebody sort of like waiting in the wings to tell us what to feel. And so then there's no need for the Holy Spirit. No need for that. No need, no need to go to scripture. None of that. Like we just need the talking heads. We need the people who are, you know, given the commentary every single day to tell us how we feel. Well, I'm sick of it. I am so sick of it. And I'm saying it in as calm a tone as I can. And this is probably as good as it <laughs> will get at this point. Okay. I'm sick of it. I think for the people of God who are led by the spirit of God, it's, it's too, um, too frequent that we don't have something different to say on the issue. Man, you're right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there could be times where you're like, oh man, like just, you know, collectively you find that everybody's pretty much on the same page because there's some, look, we, we believe that there are absolutes. There are things that you can look at and you can say, look, that's not up for debate. That is wrong. You know, there, so there are going to be those times where, okay, we will find ourselves saying what majority of the culture is saying. Um, but that's not every time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not, that's not going to even be the expected norm. Unfortunately, where we are today is that so many people are saying the exact same things and whether or not, now listen, let's all take a number. Because whether or not it's we're saying the exact same thing that everyone in our camp is saying or we're criticizing the other camp because they are all saying the exact same thing that everyone in their camp is saying. However, it all shakes out. Everybody's saying the same thing all the time. Right. right. And, and I get so frustrated with it because I'm just like. Uh, and what of prayer? <laughs> and what of seeking the Lord? But that's not doing anything. OK. You know? Yeah. That's not action. And, right. Right. And that's again indicative of the time that we're living in right. <laughs> where the systems of this world seem to be controlling the believer when the, the believer is supposed to live a self-controlled life and be led by the spirit of God. In fact, being led by the spirit of God is one of those marks that carve you out as a child of God. That's what sets you apart from the world that you are led by the spirit of God. If you are led by the spirit of God, you are marked and carved out as a son of, or a daughter, or as a child of God. This is, this, is, this is in part how we know, which, which to me implies that the Holy Spirit is active in the life of the believer, enabling us to do some things that are different, that set us apart in any culture at any time. Mm. And so the fact that we don't see that displayed in 21st century America is largely problematic for me. You know, it's, yeah. I would say the church has a, 
a great opportunity to show that difference, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on. If we would stick to the scripture, stick to the word, Mm -hmm. man, it's a great opportunity to show like what the difference is between Christ followers and everybody else when it comes to these situations, these things that's going on. Yes. And unfortunately, we never get to that. We don't let me let me say not. I don't I don't want to say never. I want to say we rarely get to that place where we get to display that, where we, where we get to show those differences. And, and that's unfortunate. So one of the things that I touched on and one of the things that really grieves me, and this is what um, Will the Great and I will have a conversation around today. We'll bring in a couple of stories uh, to kind of look at, you know, where some of these things uh, eventually go in real time, current events. Uh, but ultimately, one of the things that really grieves me and has grieved me for a while is that what we see in our homes, we talk about this often, we see such a breakdown in our homes, but those breakdowns do not just stay inside the home. Right. When when there's a breakdown in the home, it has a way of sort of like uh, breaking out the windows and coming out into the larger culture, right? So it's like your, your, your at-home problems don't just stay your at-home problems. So you have a different method by which you decide you're going to rear your kids. Ultimately, let me just tell you um, where we're going today. We're, we're going to talk about respect for authority beginning at home. Man. <laughs> respect for authority begins at home. That's right. And as old as this sounds, right, this sounds like, hey, Dr. Dobson called. He wants this discussion back. You know what I mean? From from like the 80s and the 90s. Now, this is relevant for today. Why? Because it's based on the word of God. So the word of God doesn't change. So this is not an antiquated discussion when you talk about respect for authority, respect for parents, honoring fathers and mothers. And for some reason, we thought that that was our parents and grandparents position when it came to rearing children. And because of that folly, we've gotten what we've gotten today. When we think or express or live like we know better than God, then we get the result of that folly. And that's what we're seeing today spill out in the larger culture. This has been going on for a very long time where even Christian parents believe that somehow they've got to kind of run it back with their kids. They're not going to quote unquote, make the same mistakes that their parents made. And so because they're not quite sure about exactly what those mistakes were, they just undertake to do everything just entirely different, just different. Mm -hmm. Right. I have there's some deficit in my life. There's been some sort of um, damage, um, but I'm not really sure exactly like the root of it. I don't I don't pray about that. I don't ask the Lord to lead me in my parenting. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to reject everything that my parents did. I'm going to say all of that is wrong. If they just told me no then I'm, I'm going to tell my kids, I'm going to give, I'm going to explain to them every single thing and every single reason why I'm doing stuff. If my kids, if my parents had rules and parameters, if they, if they had things in place um, and, and they perceived that to be for my protection, you know, but I hated it. I, it was so stuffy. I felt so stifled as a kid. Then I'm throwing caution to the wind and I'm removing all of that. And I'm, I'm now going to say to my kid, Hey, listen, um, you know, you need to make your own decisions. And unless I can take the moment, you know, to explain to you a good enough reason why you can't do something, just pretty much assume that you can just, just be, be free. And, and maybe we have not just outright said that to our kids, but we've lived that way. We've lived that way. Listen, 
if even if you do not instruct your kid <laughs> in rebellion, meaning like just giving them full, <laughs> it just almost sounds oxymoronic, but giving them permission to rebel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They are watching how we live oh, yeah. and they are making a determination or they're determining whether or not we submit to authority. Is there order in our life? Does our conduct align with what we say we believe about who God is and his right order of things? And again, so you have this full like this, this cycle of a deterioration that um, we're, we're seeing the fruit of it today. When we don't discipline our children, we are essentially removing those orange safety cones from their life. We're removing those guardrails from their life. Discipline is that protective barrier, that mechanism that God has given us meant to even aid in, in, in our, in our kids so that in the short term, they are not harmed, but probably most alarmingly in eternity that they are not destroyed because they don't understand discipline because they have no fear of authority, no respect for people in positions of authority. And when you can have children who are in any given context talking back to adults, you see it all the time, talking back to adults, challenging adults, correcting adults. We should not be surprised that the same thing happens when you when in terms of law enforcement. Right. Right. Because there's not been instilled in the child any any respect for authority. The kid doesn't think it's fair. The, par- the parents, you don't, you didn't think that was fair. What'd you say? What'd you do? As if it's the child's place, right, to defend himself or herself. Like you, you didn't just take that, did you? Even when talking about other adults. And so, what are we battling in our culture today? What are we battling in our culture today? We are battling a disrespect. That there is no other way to describe it except that it is habit forming. It's habit for disrespect is habit forming. When it goes unchecked, it becomes a habit and then a lifestyle. And so now we live in the type of society where you'd be hard pressed to get people to even respect or to 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 spot disrespect. It shouldn't be like this among Christians. All right, we'll grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. And all I know is you're my only Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Toby Mack. With Nick, I just need you. Disrespect is habit forming. Disrespect is habit forming. And when it goes unchecked, it grows um, like mold, right? Like fungus. Hmm. Like it just it just keeps it keeps growing. It doesn't um, disrespect also doesn't correct itself, right? Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't 
um, stop its own progression. Right. This is something that the person, the parent, all right, um, is supposed to, who is outside of the situation, meaning let's think in terms of the child who is being disrespectful. It is the parent's responsibility to be there to keep that in check. What we are observing in our culture right now mm-hmm. is um, generations. Oh, yeah. Possibly three generations Man. of yeah. <laughs> um, a lack of training children to respect authority. Right. Um, I have I have been in settings where, uh, you know, you're talking to a parent mm-hmm. and the child is right there going toe to toe like, you know, we yeah. all just grew up together. And you could tell it's comfortable. For it's that comfortable. Child. That's, that's it's, what they there's know. No, there's no um, respect. Right. For the authority either of the parent or of the other parents who are there all standing and talking, you know, yeah. there's just something that is just like, oh, we're, we're, we're all here. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've observed children being asked to do things by their parents and the child, you know, telling the parent outright, no, I'm mm-hmm. not doing mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> that couldn't have been me, man, <laughs> not and, at and, all, <laughs> you know, oh, man, and it grieves me. It grieves me because there's some breakdown that's not supposed to be in the body of Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like if the world is disintegrating, we understand that man and and we want to do as much as we can um, to, you know, to try to help, you know, this, this lost and dying world. Okay. But the thing that grieves me the most is that this breakdown, I'm watching this breakdown happen among self-professed Christians where you're allowing your kids to just tell you what they will and won't do. And then when we read news headlines, okay, we walk away shaking our head like, "Ooh, I cannot these children today." While while under our own roof, mm-hmm. our own kids are telling us what they will and will not do, and and we feel like we can't say anything. Why? Because at some point in the culture, we begin to allow for a reconditioning that said the word of God is obsolete. <laughs> we can't <laughs> we can't go to the word of God. And and then and then we we smile and everybody is meant to tolerate these disrespectful children. Everybody else is supposed to pretend like they don't see it. Yeah. Everybody else is supposed to pretend like the scriptures are not being fulfilled in all of our in our presence. <laughs> right. 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 Like we we don't all see Proverbs right. seventeen twenty five. A foolish son is a grief to his father mm-hmm. and bitterness to her who bore him. We all see it. Yeah. We all see it. And yet we think that if we just, you know, if we just bear with the parent a little bit, maybe the kid will kind of grow out of it. Look, I, I was, you know, I was joking about this, but we've, you know, the Lord, the Lord will humble you and he will give you those children, um, you know, to sanctify you. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. this, <laughs> Yes. They will, they will, you know, look, we, you know, you anyways, see a lot of yourself, um, man, you know, look, come on. Was I like that? Oh yes. man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but see, the you thing know? is, it was like that, but you know, we had somebody in come our on. lives telling us your parents were on the wall. Yeah. That was those guardrails. Those, Hey, you know, you're getting out of line. You need to get back in step. Exactly. But right. now you have a lot of parents kind of like adding fuel to the rebellion. Come on. You know? Le- they legitimize it. Yeah, serving as just friends or, you know, you know not that authority figure. Come and, on. And it's a problem. 
It is, it is a huge, it is a huge problem. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter 29, verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give mm-hmm. delight to your heart, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Man. Um, when you grow up in a hood context or in an inner city context, right? Mm-hmm. You can see the result of rebellion in real time and you can see the grief. You can see the heavy heartedness. You can see the worry that exists. Parents exist in a rest, the lack of rest, (laughs) no peace, right? Because you don't know where that kid is or what that kid is going to do or what's going on. And so for some of us, because we don't see rebellion manifested in that way, we think it's, and it's, it's not that bad. Mm. Mm. It's not that bad, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I'm going to tell you, if the Lord decides he gives your children siblings, but you're not one of them. Come on. Come on. Right? Like yes. you're, you're not, you're not the sibling to your children. Like That's there right. is a clear line and God does this on purpose. Do you know that when you train your child to submit to authority, when you train your child to obey, you are setting your kid up to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to mm. submit to the Lord God, to obey God, to not have to have God explain every single thing that he's, well, this is why you need to do this mm. because what my plan is, is this. And, and But look, but look, <laughs> we understand that spiritually speaking. But with our kids, we somehow feel like we've gotten to the place where our authority is not enough. God has placed you there. He has given you authority over those children and you're abdicating your role. Not not because you're not there, but because when you discipline, you Mm. feel you need to present to them a five point reason. Right. For the discipline. Right. Right. Now, listen. Wow. Number one, letter A. The reason (laughs) you can't do this is because it's. Yeah. We, there are our children are in danger because they have not been taught to submit to authority and to respect authority. There was a time and I'm not talking, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go back to 25 cents Cokes. You know what I'm saying? 25 cent Cokes. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to go back to that time, but there was a time when a kid understood that an adult was an adult and they are different from me. Man, you, you know, that, that has to be one of the challenging things though. Because I remember my parents, especially my dad, talking about how his dad was. Yeah. And it was a little stricter than he was. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then it seemed like as you go down, things get a little looser. There has, has to be a way, and I, I think it's just sticking to the word of God as, as far as discipline is concerned, mm-hmm. to keep you on track. And That's exactly and, right. And, and that it don't begin to fall off, you know. It, it's, it's just amazing to see how over time, because like you, you're just saying, there was a time. Yeah. Like there was a but, time and, it, and it's know? every generation yeah. just loosening up the reins yeah. just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit, you know, where if you're, you're talking, you're in a conversation and your kid comes up to interrupt and you stop talking <laughs> and then engage that kid, allowing that kid Mm-mm. to interrupt the conversation. That didn't happen. You know, <laughs> rather than, rather than saying, excuse me, mm-hmm. excuse me, you need to wait. And, and, and just because you say, excuse me, mm-hmm doesn't mean that you now have the floor. I mean, there was something that, that was called grown folk talking. Yes. You don't just and you come up with it. it. Yeah. You understand the difference. Guys, I'm telling you, listen, respect for authority is biblical. Mm. This is not some like, oh, well, you know, my tradition says, no, what you are setting your kid up for is to enter into a real relationship with the Lord God. Mm. 
where they will learn how to respect God's authority. You're going to, you're going to introduce them to scripture where the Lord clearly lays out how we are to follow him, how we are to live a life pleasing to him. Yeah. But then at the same time, you're going to program them that there must be a justification and a reason for everything I'm told to do. <laughs> mm. So it's, it's not enough that you're the parent. And by extension, it's not enough that he's God. Mm. It's not enough. Man. What you don't, what you underestimate is that your kid, because of sin in his or her DNA, is programmed to rebel. Yeah. Programmed to sin. That's, that's your kid's natural state. You're kind of banking on a goodness that is not inherent to the child when you think, well, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm going to explain now. But eventually it's going to write itself. No, you're the writing of itself. You're there to do that. That's that's what your job is. So you've got kids out in the street. Look, man, I watch I watched um, one of our listeners, I think, posted the story of the brawl, the fight that happened in in the Miami airport. And I I tagged you in it. Let me look, look, we don't get here overnight. This, this didn't just happen all of a sudden, right? What we're talking about is we're talking about generations of a decline in respect for authority where slowly you just have kids just are able to do more and more and more of what they want to do. And then somebody says, somebody says, well, you don't really want to discipline a kid like that because that can be traumatizing. (laughs) The people who have no fear of God Man. in their eyes start writing books <laughs> and then and then parents start reading them around coffee and cookies. Because the word of God they de- they have decided is not sufficient. Mm. So they start looking, they they start going outside of the text for books to tell them how to parent. And then you know what we've gotten over the years and here it is, the proof is in the pudding. What we've gotten is the result of what those books told us to do. Mm. When if we had referred to the word of God, right? The result would be different. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Not Dr. So-and-so who's and what's it's <laughs> right. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof. Man, <laughs> not either or. Yeah, that's, that's good. The rod and reproof mm. give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Some people just want to reprove. And they don't want, we're not, we don't, we're not going to spank our kid. Mm. Some people want to spank and they don't want to bring the reproof. Some people want to pop their kid out of anger, taking their frustration out on their kid. They want to abuse and beat their children and then call, well, you know, the Bible says, I'm sorry, but you have acted outside of the authority that God has given you. Mm. The Bible says the rod and reproof. So you are disciplining your kid and there are two components there. You are instructing your kid. And by the way, discipline is not training. Do you understand that? Some people will say, well, I discipline, I tell my kid, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's wrong. Okay. And that's good. Correction is good. But do you know that training is more proactive than the correction? Mm. The training can happen even before the transgression. The teaching of the kid, the training of the kid, and it takes more work. It's more labor intensive, which is why more people don't do it. But the result that we see spilling out in our culture today, the result is that we have kids literally 
literally dying in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Because in their home, respect for authority had broken down. Yep. So what the habit was in the home, the habit in the home was carried out into the street. And then the expectation is that a person is supposed to handle with kid gloves the problem you created. Come on. Come on. So I'm supposed to endanger my life or the life of other people because you have learned to tolerate disrespect. You have learned that your kid, now listen to me, you have learned that your kid will eventually do what you ask when they feel like it. So you've created that as an environment, a climate in your home where you say, I asked them to do something and no, they don't do it when I immediately ask, but I know that they will eventually get around to it. You know where that doesn't work? When a person is flailing a knife. Come on. No, I didn't drop it immediately. I was going to get around to it. People know that that's just how she is. She just, no, because you don't create an environment or a climate Hmm. where kids expect respect authority and then you expect someone else to go out there and know that backstory that well you know maybe eventually they're gonna they're gonna get around to it we have to take responsibility for that that may not make the washington post or the new york times that may not be a cnn headline but look sin has real consequences and sometimes it goes back further than the current event that we're discussing. So how do we change this? Yeah. We have got to take a biblical approach to the rearing of our children. The first commandment with the promise, the apostle That's Paul it. highlighted this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you go back, look, Deuteronomy chapter five. I'm just going to, I'm going to pick that as the particular reference. But there's several others. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, what is interesting, and and I've explored this before and we've talked about it on this program. But what is interesting to me about that is that maybe sometimes you take a step back and you'd wonder, like, you know, what does it mean that it go well with you in the land? Think about the type of land you live in where you have respectful people who honor their father and their mother. Mm. Hmm. Doesn't it create the kind of environment where it's like, man, there's just there's just an understanding yeah. of of respect. Yeah. And we have failed to do it. I have a I have a personal policy and I try to be very polite. But if I am talking to a parent, if I'm talking to an adult and a child just bum rushes me to cut into the <laughs> conversation as if we were born in the same day, right. <laughs> I don't address them. Yeah. I will smile and I will nod, but I'm not talking to you like we're the same age and we grew up together because we're not. And I'm doing that because I love you. Come on. Because God has put authority in place for a reason. It glorifies him when children are respectful and submit to authority. We'll come back. One more story. Or two stories, and then we'll open the phone lines. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Please stay there.
arms open wide Broken heart inside Jesus, you are my desire Search my heart, oh Lord For all things unclean He's my Lord, I surrender So my children have learned when I'm talking um, and they want to come up first, they will kind of stand there for a second just to like, you know, <laughs> say, Hey, I'm here, you know, and wait to be acknowledged. And this yeah. is not like in a controlling or a mean way. We have fun with our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are times like, cause our, at our fellowship, we eat meals together that our kids are a part of the discussion. But what our kids have learned to ask is, Hey, yes. is this an adult conversation? Exactly. They will say, is this, can we be here can, yes. or yes. right? Yes. Yeah. You know, can we be here? And so then I'll give the nod. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is a conversation you can be a part of. Right. But if just adults are talking, we there's still like a line there. Yeah. Oh, no, no. We'll talk to you about it later. But no, it's just we're just this is an adult conversation. Oh, OK. I'll go play with my friends. I'll go talk to my friends. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Right. Like I'm not you're not crushing your kid to agree with God that discipline, respect, mm-hmm. that marking lines of authority mm-hmm. are good. Mm-hmm. Right. And and this is something we had to train our kids to understand why, because they're around us all the time. So that starts in our home when when Will and I are talking, they will walk up and it for a time it would be they would just join right talking. in. Oh, yeah, hey, just we're just all in. talking. Yeah. And so it's like you, you have to go. um, Hold up. Yeah. And, and can I say like, Will the great, I would just I will just credit you with this. You were the one really driving that home. And catching that, I didn't recognize it at first. Yeah, I like, mean, it, 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 it was so different from how I grew up. I, you just, you just didn't walk up on a, a conversation and start talk, start talking. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And it's like I don't know. To me, my uncles and my aunts and everything, they seem. I don't know. I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, These um, my parents. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like yeah. no, you Ugh. just don't. You know. But it seemed like now it's it's different. Like it's like. No, I I should be able to be in, in this conversation. And the thing is, we we are still training our children in this way because right. they still will try to come, you know. Oh man! But they have to be reminded, like, man, we Often. didn't grow up together, nope. like, you know. Hey, not yeah. your cousin, <laughs> right. not your cousin. Listen, and and let me tell you something. For the for the the parents, the temptation is to just stop what you're doing and just to turn around and give your kid the floor. But what you are doing is you are feeding entitlement. You have to understand that you're dealing with the sin nature in your child. So when you are talking to your husband or when the husband, you are talking to your wife and your child walks up and immediately expects that you're going to stop what you're doing, turn and acknowledge them. What they are saying is that I am more important than both of you Mm. and that I command your attention right now. Drop what you're doing. (laughs) Make me preeminent. I get top billing. (laughs) So that is in the (laughs) sinful heart of these little people. Yeah. So what do you have to do? You have to say, hold up a second. Yeah. We're talking. Now, is it an emergency? Do you need something right now? No, I just wanted to say, oh, well, then you can just say later. And it's, it's work because the easier route would be just to be like, okay, wh- what do you need? Like, <sighs> let them talk. Just let them talk and just, okay, you know, answer that question. <sighs> but it's and like, no, right. But it's not training them that, no. hey, you can't just walk up. And just start talking, you know, like what you have to say is more important than anything else that has yep. to be said. You know, it, it's just a, it's a training thing, you know, and, and it ha- takes we have work. to do it. Yeah. Guys, listen, we are dealing with the lack of this type of training in our culture. You can see it. You can see it 
It's not only in the blatant overt ways, but it's also in the subtle ways you can see it. There's a lack of respect because there's been a lack of discipline and parents for some reason felt like the word of God was not applicable to their life. They needed to go outside of the Bible Mm -hmm. and start applying all of the current like psychological thought and all of these things about, you know, you know, discipline is harmful Mm -hmm. to children. To yeah. correct a child is harmful. Now, look, you don't embarrass your child. Right. Man, we and, try really hard not to embarrass our children. And that's Go the ahead, thing. Will. I think some some of what has happened is that even in the past, maybe some parents were harsh or experienced mm-hmm. harsher mm-hmm. treatment. And so you swing all the way to the other side. Yes. And, you know, where, oh, no, I'm never doing that, never doing that. And some things you you should be doing, you know, you leave that out because you're, you're trying not to be like how you felt felt like you were raised. Yes, but man, yes. we gotta stay close to the scriptures. That'll help. So what us. you what you should be doing is cleaning up as you come into the knowledge of God yeah. and as you read the Word of God yeah. and you see where your parents missed it. You should be cleaning up where they missed it, not just throwing it out altogether. Exactly. Right. You're not embarrassing your kid. That's you don't want to do that. Look, our culture everywhere you look seeks to subvert authority. Let me give the phone number so we can start getting some calls queued up. 888-589-8840. I got a story to support that. 888-589-8840. Everywhere you look in our culture, our culture seeks to subvert authority. So this story here, Binghampton, New York. So Binghampton police um, discovered that at one of the local schools there, there was a book that was being read aloud to um, elementary kids ages four to eight Hmm. elementary kids ages four to eight. And the title of the book was something happened in our town. Something happened in our town. Um, This book is quote unquote, a child story about racial injustice. Let me read to you the back cover. Emma and Josh just heard that something happened in their town. A black man was shot by the police. Why did the police shoot the man? Can police go to jail? Something happened in our town follows two families, one white, one black, as they discuss a police shooting of a black man in their community. The story aims to answer children's questions about such traumatic events and to help children identify and counter racial injustice in their own lives. By the way, this book is published by the American Psychological Association. Hmm. Um, look. <laughs> okay. Um, so so this is, that's, that's the book. Mm-hmm. Here is the article. So in this story, there are these two different families, the white family, the black family. In the black family, you've got the son, Josh, who makes his way home. Um, and let me just read it to you from this article because I've not read the book. That's just, I, I pulled up the book to look at it to see who authored it and all that stuff. But I've not read the book. So here we go. When readers reach the black boy's house, they're taken to his father who is playing chess. The boy's brother, who is also playing chess, says that the cop responsible for the shooting won't go to jail because cops stick up for each other Mm. and they don't like black men. That's in Mm. the book. See, that's in the book. And they don't like black men. That is a blanket statement in the book. (laughs) His father adds that while there are many cops who make good choices, we can't always count on them to do what's right. The older brother, Malcolm, claims that he could get stopped by the police because of his skin color, even if he didn't do anything wrong. That's not fair, the young boy named Josh responds. What if it was a white man in the car? Would the police have shot him? His father states, 
they probably wouldn't have even stopped the car. So what are you what are you, what are you doing when 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 you have this being taught to elementary age children? Well, you're teaching them that they can subvert authority. Yeah. That they don't have to respect authority. That you know there is injustice, so you do not have to respect authority that's in place. Mm. You are going to be a target simply because of the color of your skin. This is based off a cultural narrative yeah. right now. Yeah. Which, by the way, if I could just plug it for you, if I, I could just strongly recommend. I'm reading Vodi's book, Vodi Bauckham's book, Fault Lines. We had a conversation around it with our kids uh, yesterday, a, a section of it, because of a comment one of our kids made about something um, he observed. It's an excellent book. I'm still reading it. It's an excellent book. But because of a cultural narrative, now what we are doing is we are indoctrinating kids that there is there is no such thing as any type of like trustworthy or safe authority. And again, this is down color lines. All right. There's more to say because Will the Great sent a a story to kind of go along with that. But what I want to do is I'll go to phone lines and, and maybe we'll weave it in. Um, as we go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Nellie in Arkansas. Hi, Nellie. Hi. Um, I just wanted to add one thing. When you're talking about uh, disciplining children, uh, a lot of times Christian parents think that if they take their child to a Christian child care facility, that the people there are going to teach and train their children. Mm. And I can tell you, I worked for a while for quite some time in a Christian, as a church-sponsored child care uh, program. Mm-hmm. We were not allowed to say no to the children. Wow. We were not allowed to tell them that what they were doing was naughty or bad. Wow. We could only say positive things to them. Mm-hmm. We had to redirect their activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we couldn't say, don't take that toy. We had to say, we share. <laughs> we couldn't say. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And I, I could, in, I won't over the air tell you a significant uh, thing, but um, yeah, I mean, it was redirect their behavior. And basically, all we were doing was reinforcing with all mm. of our positive comments, reinforcing bad behavior. And nobody mm. was allowed to say no wow. or correct. And this was a Christian church. This was a church yeah. program. Wow, thank you. Wow, Nellie, thank you. They didn't want to offend the parents. You know, you don't want to hurt little Johnny's feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, because they might not come back. Yeah, you see, this is the result. Thank you, Nellie, I appreciate it. This is the result of a lack of trust in the word of God. Mm. Like (laughs) that, what you're expressing is not taken from principles found in the word of God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right, like that, you know, because again, we, we, we give trigger warnings for telling the truth. Right. And, All right. And, well, the great. And oh, I'll just say ahead. we can't outsource to different places what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yes. You know, yes. We, we just can't do that. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Melissa in Texas. Hi, Melissa. Hi. First Hello. time caller, long time listener. Love your program. Thank you. So oh, thank you. Points. Yeah. So two points. Uh, the first one about children uh, and conversations. I used to teach my children, our children, my husband and I, whenever we were in conversation with another adult and they're came up and had something important to say 
that they should put their hand on our leg and I would cover their hand with my hand, letting them know, hey, I recognize you're here and you have something to yes. say. When there's an appropriate break, I will turn to you. Mm. That's good. The that is thing excellent. I um, I, I always, this is my motto, I'm not your friend, I am your parent. I will stop you, <laughs> flip out on you, drive you insane, be your worst nightmare, hunt you down when needed, because I love you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> wow. I love how she said that with such a perky little sweet voice because I love you. Yes. (laughs) Melissa, excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Those were great nuggets. Um, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Mary in Oklahoma. Hi, Mary. Hello. Hello. First time listener also. I mean, first time caller. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with everything you guys say, and especially today. I was raised by very, very strict, loving parents. just like just like y'all are talking about, we raise our two children just like that. They have grown into wonderful, respectable adults. Mm-hmm. Our daughter is married to a police detective, and they have two small children. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're doing a wonderful job. I'm so proud of them. And my 26 year old son is has grown up to be a very very respectful uh, police God. officer in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Both of them strong Christians, and um, I won't repeat anything you said because everything you said was spot on. Thank you so much, Glory to God, Mary, Mary. and and praise God for what he has done in the lives of your children. Mm. You know, I think that that is such a reward for the hard work that we put into raising our kids, in addition to being approved of by the Lord, that that is what the Lord wants us to do. Man, it's such a reward to see the fruit of it in their life. Yes. Right, to see that all the hard work that you put in, then once Man. they grow up, right, you know, and, and you can just kind of shoot the breeze and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. That the work that you put in as parents, um, it really pays off. Mary, thank you for sharing that. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Pastor Norman in Mississippi. Hi, Pastor Norman. Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. Hey, Pastor you, Norman. You know, the, problem, the problem that we have is not so much the world. It's the church. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the light, showing them the way. Amen. We're joining them. I mean, we're in a time now where the church is teaching people that you shouldn't spank your kids. Uh, and, 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 and leaving kids with the, the thought, uh, and they have it today, that, that if you uh, are about to discipline them, especially uh, to, to spank them, that they can call 911. Mm-hmm. If, 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 and they will threaten you with that today. Mm-hmm. If I had told my dad, <laughs> if you with me, I will call nine one one. He would have said, he would have said, "Well, call the doctor too." <laughs> but what we're oh, doing is, enormous. we will accept part of God's word, but mm-hmm. won't accept the other part. Mm-hmm. God says, so true. "If you spare the rod, you will spoil the child." Mm-hmm. Now that's the way it is. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, and that's I'm, what I'm we see. It. Thank you. Yeah, that's what we see happening right now in our culture. Um, We see spoiled children who are operating in some in some uh, instances in positions of authority. Now they're spoiled adults, but they started out as spoiled children. Because remember, we're talking about generations of a pulling away from the word of God, a pulling back. What you have to understand that what we are doing ongoingly when we move away from the word of God is exactly what happened from the beginning. Did God say, mm. I mean, come on, is yeah. it, I mean, you know what I mean? Like we, we are putting ourselves in that place That's right. and the tempter who's is, well, you know, he knows that you'll be like him. Hmm. 
is still tempting us with that very thing today. I get to make my own decisions. I'm my own authority. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.